This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop, episode 300. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined today by Justin Davis, Greg Miller, Brian Altano, and we have a studio filled with our wonderful fans. Very, very excited for this date. Like, we were saying this day has been eight years in the making. We started GameScoop eight years ago. You started GameScoop eight yep. years ago. None yeah. of us were here. <laughs> well, you, you joined us shortly thereafter. Right. right. I was a fan before I came. And famously, on your first uh, appearance, you exclaimed, Scoot! And you're like, nope. That's not <laughs> I, I was funny from the beginning at IG. Yeah. yeah. Funny. Not funny, haha. No, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> funny looking, sure. No, no. No, I was hired at IGN in April of 2006, so this month is also my eight year anniversary at wow. IGN. <laughs> yeah. Hired in April, and then I think we started GameScoop in June or July that summer, and I've hosted every episode except for two, I think, except for the first one, which was hosted by David <laughs> Adams. Yeah. And then one random episode Greg hosted when I was out of town. Right. Well, that was the problem, right? Like, it was one of those things where I don't think you, you don't get enough credit in IGN lore for the fact that GameScoop is your, like, one thing, right? Like, if I, if Brian and, or I aren't here one day, Up at Noon would continue to go on. Like, if, if, if Brian has to go to New York... It'd, it'd be like, really bad. <laughs> it would be horrible, but, like, you know, when I, when I was sick, like, you know, we had somebody step up to do the interview so there was still a show that sure. one week, right? For GameScoop, for a long time, it was like, well, Damon's the only one who knows how to do any of this, so <laughs> yep. Damon's taking Friday off, there's no GameScoop, right? And so that yeah. was the big thing, that, like, you've done this from the get-go, and, like, you've helped it evolve to where it is now, and it's amazing. You've done awesome stuff. And if any randoms have just stumbled in here, what you're watching is IGN's video game talk show. Hey, randos. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been going on for eight years now, 300 episodes. Uh, we record once a week, usually goes up on Fridays. We just get together like this and just talk about what's going on in video games. This episode's only been going on for a few minutes, though, right? That's yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this episode's for sure. We have, a really, of episode <laughs> we have a really big topic to discuss, and we're going to be taking your questions live. Uh, and we're going to be giving away a bunch of stuff later on. I just want to show you what we are going to be giving away. The grand prize today is going to be a PlayStation 4. It's awesome. With this limited edition of Watch Dogs. So this is very cool. We have more copies of the game to go away to. They have like a few more copies of the game to give away. We have Watch Dogs shirts. We've got these custom GameScoop Xbox One these are awesome. and PlayStation that. 4. Yeah, I want that exactly. You can get them at yeah. evilcontrollers.com, but oh. customize them however you want. And then we have a bunch of these uh, laser prints. I didn't know laser printing was a thing, but <laughs> let me show you this. 
There's only 200 of these. These apparently are valued at $200. He's, yeah, no, if I can get it out of here. And the artist is Alex Ross. Greg, you know oh Alex Ross? Oh my god, yeah. really? Yeah. 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 yeah, I want that. So, I have an Alex Ross painting hanging in my bedroom. We have a few of these to give away too. Yeah. So We also have these guys, right? The toasty sticker decals. Yeah, what, what are those? Explain what those are, Greg. I'll go, to, I'll go to this one. Hey, Sean. So, PlayStation 4 <laughs> has this light bar that a lot of people don't enjoy. <laughs> you can place stickers like these over the light bar and then it lights up and it, it, it'll display whatever this is. Like this game. Give me that PlayStation 4 controller. While we talk, I'll we put go. one there on there. there you go. Sorry for the person who wins this and didn't want the light bar. You gotta put it on really well. like very. I'm going okay. to put it. I'm gonna nail it. Do you, toast. <laughs> you may be wondering how, how could I win these awesome things. Uh, we usually take listener mail on GameScoop. But now, since we're live streaming, we can take your questions live. Just tweet them at me on Twitter, at DameZero. Uh, we'll pick good questions that we think would spark good conversation, and then uh, you'll win a prize pack of a bunch of this stuff. So. And bam. Look at that. There it is. Yeah? It looks really sharp. Like, good job. Sean wasn't ready for me that time. Oh, look at me. I'm that guy from Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> LeVar Burton. <laughs> <laughs> Never yeah, wore man. those glasses on that no. show. <laughs> yeah, Why would you just say Star Trek? Wasn't there a crossover at some point? <laughs> yeah, yeah so. when he crossed over to Star Trek. <laughs> Captain Picard, I've taken a look. <laughs> it's in a book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we jump into our big topic, let's take a look back at a couple classic GameScoop moments. Uh, there was a time that Greg got some bad Ghostbusters news. Oh, it's already... <laughs> <laughs> no time for intros! <laughs> this is the time Greg got some bad Ghostbusters news, and the time I got a Nintendo representative to admit something surprising. Let's take a look. Hey, Greg, what's up? Not much, Damon. Getting ready a little bit early. Never too early to plan for Game of the Year. Yeah, I, I, Greg, have a seat uh, here for me. I, what's up, big guy? I've got some, some bad news. Um, Activision has announced they're not going to be publishing Ghostbusters. No, man. Uh, Don't I'm do sorry. this to me. Not now, I'm man. Sorry, Greg. I just got back from Comic-Con. I saw it there. You I know played I'm it. For you. you know I'm always here for you. This is bull****. You're lying. Don't lie, dude. Why would you lie? I'm afraid not. Are you a god? <laughs> Damon here with IGN GameScoop reporting from the Nintendo DSi launch event at Universal City Walk in Los Angeles. So what's this fandangled new DSi system all about? Well, the new DSi is a lot like the old one, but this one actually has the ability to take pictures. It has a built-in camera. There's a camera on both sides. So if you're looking at it, you can take it. It also has a memory card ability. Where do I put the UMD disc? On the side. So, I mean, you can store your music on here. You can also access the internet and buy songs and games straight to your DSi. So the Nintendo DSi uses UMD discs. Yeah. <laughs> that poor hired boy for her hourly wage can go to hell. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Big question to discuss today. As we said, GameScoop is running for eight years now. So I want to know, what do you guys think is the biggest thing to happen to video games in the past eight years? Greg, let's start with you. <laughs> I'm going to say the rise of the independent developer. Uh, we'll, we'll, thank you. One independent developer in the audience, everybody. It's Greg Atlas. No, um, you know, I started, started, I've been here seven years, right? So when I got here, I remember the big talk at the time, the thing we talked about the most, it seemed like, week in, week out, was this thing called Xbox Live Arcade, right? And what, what game had come to it? What is this? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And that was like our first taste of like, all of a sudden, it wasn't, we weren't waiting for just discs, right? We weren't waiting for the next big AAA release. And it was, you know, it was a drop of water out of the faucet, right? But then... Like a steady stream of smaller games, so you mean? I'm, say, well, I'm getting there. I'm <laughs> saying at the beginning, it was just a drop. Oh, it's like, it's not saying, like it is good. now, yeah. right? It was that drop. And then all of a sudden, when the iPhone hit, right, they turned on the faucet. And that's when there was like, all of a sudden, like right now, right? There are more games than we can possibly keep up with. Yes, Brian, you and I used to be able to play everything that came up, and we, we would try to right yeah. and talk about it the next day. Exactly, and it's like, hey, Greg, did you play those games last night? No, there was forty-five thousand of yeah. them. <laughs> exactly, right? There's too much released, and when iPhone hit, and it was like ninety-nine dollars, anybody can develop games and apps. A lot of people took to that and jumped on, and as they did that, 
you know, steam was already rising, obviously. There was all this stuff, yeah. but then they made it easier. And now you look to where we are today, right? PlayStation 4, all these different systems that are like, we, that's, you know, for PlayStation 4, lifeblood, right? And mm. Xbox One is trying to get in on that. And indies are now such a huge deal, but eight years ago, they for sure weren't. Sure, eight years ago, you know, two guys working from home couldn't put a game onto, you know, the Xbox 360 or the Wii. Yeah, right? it wasn't possible. Yeah. You would see stuff like, uh, like Alien Hominid on the GameCube. It was like a huge deal, and you didn't get games like that anymore, and it cost 30 or $40, and uh, now you see stuff like that come out for 5 bucks or 10 bucks sure. on PS4 or Steam. Mm-hmm. It seems like, I think maybe Braid was the first, like, breakthrough one. That was the one it seemed like everyone was talking about, at least. Yeah, like, I mean, a lot of those XBLA games. Right, right, um, right, right. And I like that, uh, I think it was fine for the time that XBLA really put an emphasis on, like, $10. You know, right. like, these yep. games are all going to be $10 or $15, but I'm glad that we've gotten beyond that. And on the PS4, <laughs> ah, <laughs> I'm glad that games are just games. Just get it out of your yeah, system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so there can be, like, you know, there can be a free-to-play game on PS4 or $10 or 20 or, sure. you know, you can get a $60. You know, you can download. I downloaded Lego Marvel instead of buying it. And, like, now there's that, that sort of barrier has been broken down where games can come in at any price point. And right. so every developer can do what makes sense for them. Well, mm-hmm. going back to how Damon is always ahead of his time, I mean, that was what I loved about On the Download, right? He did a show for IGN oh, yeah. that was about the best downloadable games, yeah. and then eventually Damon's like, well, everything's downloadable. Yeah. I'm not doing this <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah. When we started, download, downloadable things were like their own thing. It was quarterly. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. But now it's just... Yeah, they were less than even in a way, right? Or whatever. I think... No, go ahead. I was going to say the thing about indies is that they can go direct to consumer now. Like, that's really what changed it, is they didn't have to, like, how challenging is it to get a disc printed up and you need to have a publisher and you need to get it in Target, like, to make any money? Like, Mm -hmm. it's impossible for a small team to do something like that, or almost impossible. And so you can't really underestimate, like, how important, you know, digital, strong digital distribution platforms were for something like that. Yeah. I remember a few years ago we would say uh, it's it's a downloadable game. And that was almost like being, like... It's crippled. It's or or the review, yeah, the review would be like, not bad for a downloadable game. Yeah, not bad for a downloadable game. Yeah, yeah like he, she, she races good for a girl. It was like such a stupid, <laughs> thing, such a stupid thing to say. And now uh, everything's kind of meshed together. And when you look on the, the the storefronts for these games and these game consoles, you'll see something like Tomb Raider next to something like Limbo or right. something else. And yeah, for sure on Xbox, it's Peggle like right next to the yeah, other games. Yeah, I, I well, love I mean, that. PlayStation really... 4 is doing a huge push right now for Octodad, yeah. which is awesome. Totally, yeah, totally. totally. And I, I love that we've gotten to that point and then I think the audience has come with that, right? And mm-hmm. they haven't, th- that stigma's been lost on them too. So uh, a few years ago when we were like, Limbo's out, and it's probably the game of the month. We're like, but it doesn't have any colors in it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no sound Damon effects. Damon played the main yeah. character in Limbo's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, did, a, I did all the mocap. Yeah, it's a beautiful game. You can beat it in a few hours, and you know it didn't have m- online multiplayer, and it didn't have, you know, uh, death matches and like DLC and all this stuff like that. And you could just finish it, and you're like. That was awesome, and it really stuck with me. Oh, and it was made by a small group of people. Yeah, yeah. So. It's like it's totally viable because uh, since it is ten dollars, you're not upset when you're done with that experience in three hours. Like you play it once, and I'm probably not going to play Limbo again. But it was worth my time and money at the time, yeah. and it was just awesome. Like the 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 reality of being able to distribute digitally is totally what made stuff like that possible. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think indie games replaced the mid tier game? Yeah. You know, not the, there used to be there were like AAA games that would be sure. simple releases throughout the year, and then you'd get smaller stuff. Yeah, we talk about it all the time, right? Like, I always talk about that spectrum. Yeah. Like, now there's indies, there's, then there were mid tier stuff like your THQs, and then there yeah. was AAA. Yeah. And then anymore. that all fell out because finally it got to this part where the business model for video games was not sustainable for you to put out a game that is crap. Yeah. Or mediocre, yeah. you know what I mean? Or not or that just great. not going to sell right. 5 million copies. So. Right, exactly, exactly. It's not that different than movies, where like the high-end, high-budget films cost $250 million to make now, and there's, but there's fewer of them. And then you see you know, people like Woody Allen can continue making you know, whatever they want to make. You know, there's these, this independent film, like Sundance movies. Um, sure. Yeah, I would definitely say that the middle has fallen out of the games industry. I just think there's a broader... In, in movies, there's like a broader spectrum of budgets. There's like big budgets and then... You know, there's like your two hundred million dollar movies, but there's also one hundred million dollars, and your thirty million. Like I don't know, I don't really feel like I see that many. Yeah, I mean, there totally could be, Um, but I think the point about video games is totally well taken. Like these companies that are in the middle, like a company like THU, they got squeezed out by. I would say the indies as they get more sophisticated and more complex. Like indie developers aren't just two dudes in a basement. Like they could be a team of twenty, you know, working on a game with a small budget. You know, you see companies like uh, uh, the people that did the um, Kickstarter. Who, who developed oh, the, one, the one guy? The one guy who did the Kickstarter. Right, no, right. the, uh, the Fallout New Vegas developer. 
Obsidian. Yeah. yeah. So they're doing their Planescape Torment uh, like pseudo sequel, and that got funded for like five million dollars. Like that's totally indie. It counts as sure. indie, but it's sure. not the same as like you know a dude making a game and releasing it on the App Store. Right. Like they've sort of replaced that middle ground, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. I mean, now it just seems like there's AAA games and then just indie games today, right? So like PlayStation right. Four has a hundred games coming out this year. But how many of them are big AAA releases, right? Yeah, so it's, like, yeah. it's like 100 indie games. I, there's, uh, I mean, there just aren't as many big big games anymore because there's this sort of like race to the, the top of the ceiling, right? And like it's, uh, we're, we're looking for stuff to be more and more realistic and more and more like, uh, this, this is like, oh, you can run your fingers through the blades of grass and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And these guys are like, hey, it's Squaxel. You play as a square and you beat up circles. <laughs> and it sold 4 million copies. And they're like, great, this is the game of the year. Like, I like that that's happening now. I like that artists and independent uh, game designers and creative people can get together with a, a small group of passionate, like-minded guys and go, <clears throat> we're going to make something co- totally crazy and totally disruptive, and we're not trying to take away from like the Call of Duties. Like, that stuff will always exist, I think, mm-hmm. in, so- right. in some way. But it's awesome that there's this new movement right now. Yeah, I think it's, it's awesome like, that people can make games that aren't for everybody. Yeah, right, most right. people aren't going to like this, but 10,000 people will, and that'll pay my salary, and that'll let me make the next game. Well, it's exciting to see, I think, established creators going to different lengths to fi- get their game out faster and get it to the people they want, right? Because there are concessions if your game is published by Sony or Microsoft, sure. right? They come in and they're like, well, this is fine, but change this and do that. And it's got to make money. You see, like, David Jaffe or Ken Levine or these people who want to get back. Let's make a smaller game the way we want it, get it out quicker, and move on to another project. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say the PlayStation 2 price drop to $99 was the biggest thing to happen. <laughs> it was probably the biggest thing for me at the time. I, do, I don't know if you remember, you were pretty excited at the time. We have a clip actually here that we can run to. What a great Greg way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let me explain it to you again, all right? It needs to be a hat that's made out of money. The hat itself is going to be made out of cash money. How many times <laughs> Big deal is the original Xbox has been 99 bucks for like five years now. Yeah, I haven't even seen it on store shelves in a long time, so it must still be very popular. It amazes me that all four of us in that video haven't been snapped up by a Hollywood studio <laughs> I know, right? to go make a motion picture. It's yet. so weird to see you as a fat, loud guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've changed a lot in eight years. Crazy. It's fun. I'm wearing a Superman shirt, <laughs> throwing comic books. How quaint! Remember how nervous Clements was driving yep. his car? That he like he like wanted him to like stop. He you know. begged Tyroot not to make him drive quickly, and Ty's like, "You have to drive out of the parking lot quickly." And he's like, "What if I get in a car accident?" <laughs> Justin. What is the biggest thing to happen to video games in the past eight years? Man, eight years is a long time. It's crazy. You, 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 this is, makes me think about it. What was I doing in you know 2006? Um, I was still in Iowa. I hadn't moved to San Francisco yet. Um, in terms of the video game industry, I think it's this continuing shift of uh, uh, just the balance of power in video games is definitely shifting towards the Western world. Japan used to be like, when I used to get my copy of EGM magazine, and it would be like, what like crazy new video games are coming out of Japan? Or like when a Final Fantasy game came out, that was the biggest thing on planet Earth. All over the world, and there are commercials on you know, the evening television, and now like, that's been replaced by, instead of Final Fantasy, we have The Witcher and Skyrim. Like Skyrim sold with like 15 million copies or sure. something insane like that. Um, the companies that are left, like you know, Capcom, Konami, Namco, like... Are they still as relevant and hot? Like, do people care about them as much? Like, I don't want to take anything away from like Tekken or Street Fighter. Like, those games are big deals. But yeah, yeah. like, I think about. Do you remember the Capcom Five? Those five GameCube games. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Where it was like yep. it was gonna save the GameCube and Resident Evil and PNO Three and these it, other games. It, be- and, it became the Capcom like two and a half. Well, sure. Like <laughs> half the games never even came out. But like everybody lost their minds when those games were announced. And like, what if Capcom announced five? Xbox One games today, like yeah, I mean it, it wouldn't even happen, 
right? It's, right. It, it blows my mind. It's actually, it's so interesting you say Do they that even have five games? Yeah, like when we, when we grew up, it was all Japan. Japan right. was just like this. And I remember when we, uh, we, at IGN a few years ago, there was this guy, he came in, he was like a contractor and he was like fixing the lighting. And we're, he's like, oh, what do, you, do, you guys, uh, do you guys know about that, that PlayStation 4? Right. And we're like, yeah, it comes out in a few months. We're really excited. And he's like, I bet Japan's had it for years. <laughs> 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 we're like, no. Yeah, I think, I think they got it after us. Yeah, like, like six months after yeah, us. Yeah, six months after us. So, it's, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see that power shift that's happened. I mean, it used dramatic. to be that way, yeah. right? Like, games would come out... It was this mystical like, land where just video games yeah. came from. Yeah, we like, were always video like, games. They, everything launched there first, and yeah. then came over here. We were always like four Final Fantasies behind. Yeah. You know, like their Mario Two had different characters in it, and we're like, "What the hell is all this?" Like, <laughs> so I think there's really two things that I attribute this to, and you know, I don't necessarily have it all figured out. But when I thought about this, first of all, Japan seems unable or unwilling to release video games. Like they don't. In the time that, that Bioware released the entire Mass Effect trilogy, Square Enix has been working on Final Fantasy XV. Like, they announced, that game in, <laughs> they announced that game in 2006. And to be fair, it has changed. It wasn't Final Fantasy XV at the time, yada yada. But, like, there's other examples of that. Oh, no, I mean, like, you know, the one Colin always brings up, right, is Last Guardian. Sure. has been worked on the entire lifespan of the Uncharted and yeah. now Last of Us franchise. <laughs> All of those games have come out in the time that Last Guardian's been being worked yeah, on. Yeah, so, like, I don't, know, I don't know what's going on over there. Like, I, there's less people buying consoles generally, so a lot of Japanese game developers have moved to mobile. Damon, you were telling me that TGS has had, seen a big shift. It's basically a mobile game show now. You know? I remember when you came back from a TGS, and we were like, how oh, was it playing? You're like, everything was mobile. Like, yeah, it was like nothing was happening. There was nothing for us to play. I mean, you and I have been to TGS together before, yeah. right? It used, to, it's just be like, it used to be like a Japanese E3. Yeah. It used to be like console games. Yeah. I think one of the ones, the one we went to was like the last gasp. That was when they had Peace Walker and they gave out that demo and we put it on IGN and all this stuff, but like that was like the last big thing yeah. I thought that came out of TGS. That's mm. part of why, uh, and IGN, we wrote a news story where Sony said that part of the reason they delayed the PS4 in Japan was because there was no games from Japanese developers. Mm. It wasn't just that. They needed to allocate you know, consoles to other territories and yada yada, but that was a part of it. It's just like no one is releasing games for these next-gen right. consoles. They just don't have it together from a development standpoint. Um, mm. So from a business standpoint, a company like EA or Activision is super good at like, annualizing games. Like, Love or hate Assassin's Creed, like they hit this quality threshold. They're pretty good games. They release them every year without fail. Japan seems incapable of doing that. Like you know, a Capcom or Namcom or Namcom or Konami. <laughs> good old Namcom. They just merged again while you guys were watching. <laughs> <laughs> we can't keep up. So Bamcom. <laughs> so do you think it's like the inability, or do you think it's like uh, the unwillingness to sort of keep serving this audience that they're it's maybe shrinking. not really interested in? I sure. mean, a lot of it is like big action games and big shooter games and yeah. I don't really think that's really in line with what they want to do in Japan. Well that's what I mean they're sort of they're like retreating back into their like Japanese turtle shells where like Japanese developers make games for Japanese people even though the rest of the world is not like the rest of the world's buying <clears throat> Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty and FIFA. Right. Like, but is there anything wrong with that? No there's nothing wrong with like, that. The thing you talk about right is especially like on the Vita right how many sure. Japanese games come out and people like Atlas or you know NIS will continue to make these really hardcore JRPG niche games yeah. that you'd think like nobody will touch that with a 10 foot pole but they put it out and they set their sales expectations yeah. at a set that like we'll turn a profit on this because we're not coming out like Tomb Raider where Square was like yeah. This thing's gonna sell so many millions. It only sold how many millions? Failure. You know what I mean? Like, if you set a realistic expectation, yeah. you can succeed. For sure. Right. It's not like a value judgment of like, I love Disgaea along with Damon. Like, I love those games. I'm gonna buy mm -hmm. and play every single one. Um, but in terms of like relevance in the industry, like overall, like who's impacting the sure. world of video games and moving it forward, I definitely feel like they've seeded that leadership position. They don't seem very interested and they just kind of want to keep doing what they've been doing and now all the innovation happens. You know, the indie scene all happens over here too. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Japan did have games like Cave Story and stuff like that, but but again, like that balance of power has sort of shifted. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It is a seismic shift. Uh, it had started in the PS2, yeah, Xbox, even earlier, yeah. Xbox era. First, first of all, you've got this Western-made console finally in the Xbox, and the best-selling games on PS2, like in the top ten, you've got you know GTA 3 and San Andreas yeah. and Vice City. Uh, and you've got God of War. So these are like Western-developed games that are some of the best-selling games. So it like started then, but then the like, past eight years, last generation, yeah. it's just... It's real fascinating, right? Because you figure all the Western developers that are changing things, doing crazy stuff now, grew up on Japanese yep. games, right? Yeah. And that's the thing, that they took it and went with it and ran with it, and this is what we have now. Which yeah. is what I always talk about now, that it's going to be so 
crazy in 25, 30 years from now, the people who grew up playing yeah. Titanfall and Uncharted or whatever. Yeah, it's going to be the South Americans that take over, the dudes in Eastern Europe. Is that who you... i got to keep an eye on? Yeah, right. exactly. That <laughs> Brazilian game. That contractor guy's going to be like, the PlayStation 12, I bet South America's had it for <laughs> <years."> <laughs> We, uh... So objectively, like they seem unable to release games at the same clip and you know yeah. quality as the Western world. Subjectively, just on a, a, a from a from a you know game design standpoint, like I think about something like Metal Gear. Like Metal Gear Solid on the PS One was a huge deal, mm-hmm. and now like the story makes no sense and the cutscenes are thirty minutes long, and I just feel like they haven't kept up in the same way. But that's totally subjective. Like sure. if someone still loves that style of game, like I sure I get that. Now before we get to Brian's pick, earlier we saw Greg struggling with the news that Activision would not publish Ghostbusters. But that story actually had a happy ending. Uh, who ended up... Did Teach Who ended Atari. up publishing it? Atari. Yeah, Atari ended up publishing it. And it, 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 came like, out, it, it was good. so good that Atari's like, we're, we're done. done. <laughs> <laughs> we're going out on a mic. high note. <laughs> yeah, Greg reviewed the game and it was good and he liked it. So uh, we actually have a clip of what uh, Greg decided to do with his life after that. So now we can actually know where, where Greg's been all these years. Let's take a look. Dude, Damon. What the hell is going on with Greg? He's giving away everything on his desk. Really? Yeah. Let's go check it out. Ryan, I want you to have these cranberries. Are you sure, dude? They're my favorite. They've been good to me. They'll be good to you. I'll put them on the cake. I'll miss you. I'll miss you. Greg, what do you Oh, thank God, Nate, you're here. I want you to have my TV. Oh, my God. I want you to have my red vine. Holy crap! Greg, no, you love your red vine. What's going on? Damon, I'm going to have to go away for a while. I'm sorry. See, it took 25 years to get a really great Ghostbusters game, and hell, I reviewed five versions of them last week and did a head-to-head. So I figured it's another two decades till we get another really good Ghostbusters game, and by then I'll be dead of a heart attack from all the chicken wings I eat. So my good friend, Craig Harris, has agreed to put me in a cryogenic freeze state until the next round of Ghostbusters games are around. Oh, I see. You need help getting in your freeze unit? Sure do, Damon. Open the chamber. Get on in there, Craig. Craig, thank you so much for doing this. Damon, I'll always love you. All right, buddy? Yeah. I want you to have this copy of NBA 07 on PSP. Wow. Tell Guinness I think he's ugly. Watch your head. You want to help me with the chair here? Uh, sure. Yeah. You know, Craig, this freezing unit looks a lot like a recycling bin. Oh, it is. I was just sick of hearing him talk about Ghostbusters all the time. I just used to be weird. <laughs> I can't believe we used to do that stuff. Right. <laughs> now, like all the comments would just be, "Where's the, where's the gameplay? What Slow are you doing?" News day, Slow news day, IGN. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, viewers, remember we're going to be taking your questions live here in just a few minutes. Tweet your questions at me at Dame Zero on Twitter. Uh, we'll pick really good questions, and you'll be receiving Watch Dogs prize packs, including a PS4 and a copy of the limited edition of Watch Dogs. All right, Brian. Hi. You're up to bat. Biggest thing to happen in video games in the past eight years. So I'm actually going to counter everything you just said. Uh-oh. Oh, no, crap. Because I honestly think, I think the biggest thing that happened in the last eight years was Nintendo. And they're Japanese, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, in 2006, Nintendo put out the Nintendo DS Lite, right? Which was like... Yeah. There, there was the DS, which some of us had, most of us hated. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. what is this ugly thing? It folded weird. That is really ugly. It, it, it looked really like is, uh, yeah. one of those old like uh, computers from like the 90s or something like that. And then the DSi came out, and it shipped 93 million units worldwide. Had Nintendogs, New Super Mario Brothers, Brain Age, Mario Kart, Animal Crossing, Pokemon, Zelda games, all this stuff that was happening. It invented was, the selfie. It's true, yeah. <laughs> and um, the distorted <laughs> lens. <laughs> and making beautiful women look worse. Uh, <laughs> and turning them into cats. So it, it, was a, it was a really interesting time to be a gamer because we were looking at uh, Nintendo that was kind of split in half. Yeah. And they were doing totally awesome stuff for people like everyone in this room. And then they were doing stuff for our moms. And we were, and and your mom would be like, I gotta play Brain Age every day, or I yep. gotta, you know, I gotta, yep. I gotta pet this That's Nintendo. True. My dog. mom, my mom had a DS for exactly. Yeah. She yeah. played Brain Age like she was that woman, that middle-aged woman. Yeah. She's like, I gotta work on my brain. You're like, I gotta beat Mario. Like, what are you doing with my thing? Put it down. <laughs> um, and that was kind of huge, and it sort of set them off in this weird direction. And that's what I love about Nintendo is they've kind of always embodied that that quirky Japanese ness. 
of being sure. like, we're going to do crazy things, we're going to move the medium forward, and we're going to do whatever we want. And it's going to be polished, and it's going to be beautiful and yeah. wonderful. And, you know, we're going to put out as many as we need to every year. Like, I think that Nintendo didn't really have a problem putting out, you know, we were talking about before, it took these guys five years to make a game. Sure. Nintendo's yeah, I wanted to point out that they're kind of the one exception. Yeah. Like, they seem to have it together. They got their stuff together. So they can put out a Zelda every few years, they can put out Mario every few years. In 2006, also, the Nintendo Wii launched worldwide. Never heard of it. Yeah. 100 million units shipped. 100 million! That's crazy. Yeah. And again, they did the same thing. We were like, you know, some of us were playing Galaxy, some of us were playing Twilight Princess and stuff like that, and others of us were playing Wii Sports or exercising. <laughs> <laughs> and Wii Sports was great, right? Like it did this thing where for the first time ever you could make there was this thing that it was a create a character mode that everybody understood. Right. And no one had that before. Every time you'd start out, you'd start like one of those THQ wrestling games. You'd be like, make a character. You'd be in there for like two hours, you'd stretching out the eyebrows and stuff like that. <laughs> Nintendo got that down. All of a sudden, you know, you and your mom again, if she wasn't playing Brain Age, was was were bowling together. And it was totally insane. 2011, the Nintendo 3DS launched worldwide, which now we're sort of looking at the back end of things. Like, it gets a little different for them now, because now in 2012, the Wii U launched, which, you know, it's a slight footnote. Six million units uh, sold worldwide for the Wii U. 46 million for the 3DS. 3DS, we got stuff like Pokemon, uh, Mario Kart 7, Super Mario 3D Land, Monster Hunter, Animal Crossing, uh, Ocarina of Time, Luigi's Mansion, A Link Between Worlds. They invented Street Pass. Of course, which is, in one week you get Mario Golf. And Mario Golf. <laughs> <laughs> they invented Street Pass, which is like you were upset. We were like counting down the clock to start the show, and Greg's going through them on his on his 3DS. It's one of those things where you can't go to an event now without it being part of it. Right. And uh, Nintendo's insanely Japanese, and they're insane. And little by little, they've just been sort of <laughs> in a good Nintendo, way. Nintendo insanely Japanese and insane. insane. <laughs> <laughs> little by little, it's just Reggie with like Joker face paint. <laughs> <laughs> He's got another head on the back of his head. Like, oh. um, they've just gotten away with doing totally crazy, really fun things, and they kind of go by the beat of their own drum, and I appreciate that. But yeah, where does that lead to? You know I was what I mean? Say, like, it's, right. it's crazy that since they're traded on like the stock market, it's so much like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Like, oh, you had the biggest video game console of all time, yep. but now your new one's not doing so hot, so you, now You're suddenly... You're dead. Yeah, it's yeah, over. Exactly. Just publish software. See, and this is, why, this is why it was tough for me to look back at the last eight years, because like you said, like eight years is like 8,000 years in some other industries, you know? Uh, like the paper writing industry. I'm sure they're like, oh, papers. Paper writing? Paper writing? <laughs> paper, yeah, you use paper, roll it into another paper, and then. <laughs> um, but when I'm we look at the game. The, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to paper college, right? Uh, when you look at the games industry and we look back, it's always like December every year we go, oh, let's look at the game of the year. Yep. It's so hard to remember stuff from January. Right. And just like when we look back at the last eight years, it's really hard to think about stuff from. Eight years ago, yeah. you know, but yeah, the Nintendo Nintendo was on top with the Wii and the DS, and the 3DS was the best-selling system last year. And this year, we're like, well, now what? What have you done for me recently, right? right. And it's it's kind of a problem, but I think that they've they've done enough and learned enough to come back on top someday. Well, yeah. So, like, what's what's your you're you saying Nintendo's the biggest thing to have? Just the word Nintendo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I think just them as a company What's has, the biggest story in eight years is Nintendo? I would have to say the Wii and bringing everybody in uh, who, didn't play video, who hadn't played video games in decades and getting them to play video games again was yeah. Yeah. probably the most important thing that could happen. Apple saw that and they go, oh man, we can do that? Boom, everybody came in. And they totally took the, stole the thunder from that, you know? And I think that that's where you started seeing people playing Angry Birds on the train again. And like it was, it was back when we were growing up, you would see a guy playing... Like a businessman would play Tetris on an airplane. You're like, wow, he's got a Game Boy too, and he probably could own my dad. He's so rich. <laughs> Here's my question: Do we think the success of the Wii and so many third parties flooding it with crap, yeah, leads to the middle falling out? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think that one led to another, and uh, we actually like the the motion controls thing is a weird footnote because there was a few years where we were like, this is going to be the future, and then we were like. This sucks. And then we were like, I hope this is never the future. And then it was like, it isn't the future. Thank and it all went away. And yeah, luckily, luckily it all went away. But I think they had to be there to try that and do that and sure. move it in that direction. Nintendo's been saying ever since my first E3 was 11 years ago, and that was the GameCube. And they said, uh, you know, we're, we don't see Microsoft and Sony as competitors. Yep, sure. And everyone's like, oh, like Nintendo, you're so stupid. You know, but then with the Wii, that finally came true. And you're like, oh, I get it. Like, I understand now what they're talking about. They're totally doing their own thing. 
when you think about making memes, like you think about a character creator, and like you're trying to like, how big do you want their forehead ridge to be? And I'm like, I just can't, like I can't, it doesn't make any sense, but the me is so simple and accessible and fun, and then it totally does look like you, and that's like a perfect personification of like what Nintendo's been up to yep. these days. I think to this day, if you look at uh, the Kinect, they're still sort of chasing yeah. that. Yeah. They're like, sure. check out Kinect Sports Rivals, and we're like, no. Yeah. I used to always, <laughs> I always thought that was like marketing or that was like you know PR speak of like we're not paying attention to what you know the Xbox is doing, but now like I kind of believe that that's the truth, and Nintendo yep. genuinely is sort of trying to forge their own path. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a good call. Thanks. That Nintendo's a huge story. Uh, Greg, remember Rock Band Unplugged? How could I forget? One of the thing. best PSP games of all time. Remember Rock Band was a thing. For a few minutes. A lot of people, for a few, <laughs> <laughs> a few minutes. We loved Rock Band. Then they made Rock Band Unplugged for PSP. Yeah. Didn't use any instruments. Had no multiplayer of yeah. any kind. We, we, made a, we thought it was a little strange. We made an infomercial about it a few, a few years back. I think we got a clip of that. How many times has this happened to you? Going E3 in a week and I really want to play Rock Band, but I can't fit all this stuff. And with airline costs these days, who's got the money to ship it all? There has to be an easier way! There is. There is? Finally. It's called Rock Band Unplugged, and it's available for your PSP on-the-go video game program. The PlayStation Portable on-the-go video game program? I have one of those leveling my kitchen table. Well, after you update 17 firmwares, you'll be all set to play Rock Band Unplugged, featuring some of the greatest bands in the history of the universe, such as Blink-182 and Three Doors Down. There are also some bands called Nirvana and the Hood. But where do I plug in my instruments? You can throw away that junk. Rock Band Unplugged does away with all the instruments, so now there's nothing in between you and the music. I can feel the music! Feels good, doesn't it? I can't wait to play with you! There's no multiplayer of any kind. Kind of dumb. Rock Band Unplugged for your PSP. <laughs> Rock Band Unplugged is actually an awesome game, and I really wish they'd yeah. remake it for Vita and DS. We, I was yeah, gonna say, like, frequency and amplitude were yeah. so good. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. It came to uh, consoles, right? It came to a... It was Rock Band Blitz, yeah. Oh, yeah. But none of you bought it. And now we're not getting any more. No, you don't count. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my, uh, my submission for what might be the biggest thing to happen to video games in the past eight years would be Xbox Live. Uh-huh. Uh, and the socialization of video game consoles. Sure. Yeah. So like before, you know, with my PlayStation and my Xbox, my GameCube, I turned it on. It was just me in my yeah. living room right. all by myself playing Resident Evil 4 or Disgaea. For 300 hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now, yeah, now after Xbox Live, I turn on my PS4, I can see all my friends are online, I can yep. see what they're doing, I can see what they're watching. I've got ads, you know, suggesting yep. I buy Doritos. What you always I wanted! Know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you take the good and the bad. That part's a little weird, but you know, like, just being able to, like, it's just not, it's not a, an isolated... Uh, experience yeah. anymore. Sure. It's so easy to forget that before Xbox Live, like when Xbox Live was brand new and it's like every game has a demo and that was a huge deal and I downloaded demos for all these Xbox 360 yeah. launch games and now it's just like become the standard. Like how yeah. quickly was it just like, no, this is just the way things are. Do you remember the E3 when Microsoft was like, and check out our new demos on your Xbox today. Yeah, you could just download that them. That's awesome. You could download the E3 so demos. Cool. Yeah. It's great. And I know that every console has that service now, but I, the reason I say Xbox Live because that was the first one, yeah. and I think Nintendo and Sony had to play catch up. It, it just, it's just mind blowing to me that uh, you know Xbox Live actually came to the, the first Xbox, mm -hmm. but then it, they sort of like really like relaunched it with the Xbox 360. So Microsoft had this vision in mind; they were planning this all along for the 360. Sony put out the PlayStation 3 with no plan yeah. for like a social network in mind. It's crazy. They'll mm -hmm. sort of that. Yeah, they're, they're like, wow, oh, this it's just it's just like the PS2, but it's more powerful. Yeah. You're like, what? The, and it's really yeah. expensive. The Xbox 360 does what? And the store is basically a web page that barely works. Yeah. <laughs> Great, Sony. Yeah. It's like that's what was actually next-gen. Like it wasn't sure. necessarily yeah. the graphics 100%. or the Blu-ray drive. It yeah. was those social connected mm -hmm. internet Being able features. to chat with each other while you play different games, yep. seeing what people were doing, going yeah. and inviting, doing all these different, I mean, achievements, gamer scores, yeah. all the stuff. Leaderboards, like I wrote an op-ed for an older website that I used to work for that was about uh, how uh, Xbox Live brought back 
leaderboards, you know, mm -hmm. brought back like yeah, that feeling yeah, in yeah. the arcade of like my family owned a restaurant and I would like try to set all the high scores in like Donkey Kong and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. like and then I played Geometry Wars for hours and hours and hours trying to beat my friends. Um, what made that so interesting was it's meaningless to me to be like, I used to be 20,000th in the world, and now I'm 18,000th. Right. But if that score was enough to like boost me ahead of my buddy, yeah. like that sort of contextual leaderboard was a huge deal. And right. you could the, soar by friend, it was over. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. see whatever somebody else. So you come, yeah. come to work and ask them how they did that. Like, wait a second, you're like 2 million ahead of me. What did you do different? So it's like, nah, I'm playing Trials Fusion right now, and it's yeah. the exact same deal where, like, it, it, yeah. it's like, okay, so I'm 1,000th on this course. And that's actually pretty good, because, like, you know, there's 100,000 plus good people playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still not like, I don't. That number doesn't mean anything to me, except to know that if I were to pass you or Damon or you're someone like that, like yeah, that's yeah. super awesome. Yeah. Do you remember like growing up and someone would be like, "Oh man, he's the he's the best Mario Kart player in the world." And it's like, "Well, no, he's not." You mean we, on our block? Can, on yeah. Our block. <laughs> on our block. Which you, is basically the world. Which is the world. <laughs> and now you can just prove it and be like, "No, you're you're like 80th millionth. Like you're not. You're nothing." Yeah. Um, which was sort of like, it's sort of terrifying, but I agree, the second they let you sort by friend, then it was like, okay, well, I'll never be the best in the world, but yeah. I can beat all of you guys. It's, smart <laughs> it's the smartest thing they did. Yeah. I, can't, I don't know that there's been a bigger shift, generational shift for video game consoles. Because if you think of the NES, Super Nintendo, N64, it's all kind of the same, just getting like prettier and the yeah. games mm -hmm. getting right. bigger, right? But like, now, like, now I, when I log you know, now I turn on my console and I can see what Greg's playing. I think about, I play a lot of Steam games right now that I actually play more on PC than, any, than either of my next-gen consoles. And their integration of, like, I can see how many people on my Steam friends list own a game and how many of them play the game and how long they play the game. And I'm like, if there's a game I'm thinking about and I see three people I trust all, you know, spent 40 hours with it, like, I don't need to, that's replaced sort of, I don't necessarily need to talk to them about it. Like, just True. that discovery of games is really helpful True. as well mm -hmm. to be able to see what people are buying and playing and having access to all that. It's awesome. All right, then. I think we'll turn it over to the listeners now. Actually, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. And the viewers. Hey, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> We're finally uh, having it out. <laughs> uh, viewers, if you have uh, questions you would like us to answer live, tweet them at me, at DayZero, and uh, that automatically enters you to win one of our Watch Dogs prize packs. But first, let's bring up Brant Range. Rambling with Range! <laughs> we don't have our microphone. Do we have a microphone? It's right here. Oh, it's over here. Sorry. Range is on the complete other side of it, though. I think so get up does. and walk. I think one of our this is you. This is you getting on camera. So you get to see there he is. The audience is real. <laughs> not, oh, we're not using the up at noon soundboard. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How are you doing, guys? Good. How's up? Awesome. Doing good. My goodness, I, I remember actually like listening to Game Scoop back when I was a sophomore in high school, back yeah. in 06, So it's very strange to, I guess, beyond episode three hundred. Spent a lot of time listening to you guys. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so Greg knows how to clap. See, he's a good up at noon member. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so my my initial question is: um, when you're feeling nostalgic for games from your youth, which are the ones that you come back to time and time again? Uh, for me, it's always been uh, Mega Man X for the Super Nintendo. Wow! <laughs> I mean, that's the game that I played. <laughs> and now we have like the virtual console. So. Yeah. Sure. This is actually not your question. Yeah, I know. I you changed your question. Oh, rambling with Rand. You would have Okay, so games from our childhood that we're nostalgic for that become. Oh, actually. God. Yeah, I mean, Super Mario Brothers and The Legend of Zelda. Like, yeah, those, okay, that's. The, the, the originals, the OG 1985 Super Mario Brothers, that is my, like, ultimate comfort food for mm. video games. That yeah. and the Legend. One guy. <laughs> that that in the original Legend of Zelda, like it blows people's mind. We load up the Legend of Zelda in, in the in the office, and I know where every secret is. Yeah. Before we get in the first temple, I'm like, I know where every single uh, rupee is, where all the bombs, where all the upgrades are. Here's like six hearts. Here's the better sword. Here's the better tunic. All right, you're set. I have that all in my head. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I've seen anything on <laughs> anything on the NES. Uh, Maybe not any game specifically, but just like the sound of NES games. Sure. That 8-bit music, you know, I, I've, I've put together like 8-bit radio shows for GameScoop before. Like I just, the sound of an NES game instantly will take me to my happy place. Yep. Uh, there's just nothing, like, I love that every game that was made for that console used the same sound chip, so every game sounds the same, right? Like yep. it sounds like it was played by the same instrument. I kind of miss that the, a dedicated sound chip for a game console. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Like if every if every modern game now had to use the same like twelve right. piece orchestra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a band. Like you're doing all the music for video games <laughs> I know. now. Like that doesn't sound good, but I love the fact <laughs> that every NES game 
Sounds the same. Yeah, it's crazy that music is so tied to like feelings of nostalgia and like taking you back in a way that you know some some other senses aren't. I mean, mine are definitely. I grew up with the NES, but mine's probably SNES era games. You know, Super Mario World and Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I go back and play Super Metroid probably once a year. I would say. Um, Ghost House. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm inclined <laughs> to say Ghost House on Sega Master System or really? Ghostbusters probably on Sega Master System. But probably it's not. Even, I mean, I was already in high school, but Metal Gear Solid, PlayStation One. It's a good pick. Like that one, you know, that was the one that changed it for me as far as what video games were and where they were going. So, do you ever go back and play Ghost House? No, no. That I play. I have all my Ghost. I have all my Sega Master System games, but I for some reason sold the system. And I don't want to get my dad to get up in the attic and send me the games and then eBay a system and whatever. You can just get it all on eBay. Your dad doesn't have to go in any attic anymore. But I have the games, okay, so forget, I don't want to spend the 13 cents to get the Sega Masters. We also, Great. I have a second answer. My favorite thing, one of my favorite things to happen on PSN is bringing back uh, PS1 era RPGs. Um, oh, so yeah. I played oh, sure, yeah. Grandia and Suikoden and I played all those games again back when I, and like, I always play them and I'm like, I'm going to play through this whole thing, but then it turns out I'm not 16 no. anymore yeah, and don't, don't have the time. time. Yeah, I know. That's that was my thing with Super Metroid, right? Like, yeah. I, we did the video, you and I, about your favorite game of all time, yeah. Super Metroid. I went home and got it on a virtual console. Totally had a fun playing it, yeah. and then, like, you know, stopped. Like, yeah. I'm never going to have time to go through and sit down and dedicate to it. Mm-hmm. There's Mario Golf to play. Yeah. Grandia's the best. Best battle system of all time in an RPG. What about Suikoden 2? You're not excited about that? I am excited about that, yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. Mr. Rans, do you have a next-gen console? Uh, yes. The Xbox One or PS4? PS4. Here you go. You can oh. have this controller. <laughs> <laughs> Controller from EvilsControllers.com. You can go customize yours. That's awesome. I'm and I also put the Toasty sticker on there. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, he hasn't been on GameScape in a long time, but Rob the Robot used to be a fairly oh my popular. God, Rob the Robot. Fairly popular uh, guest. He had hard times. Yeah, he fell on hard times. Uh, we actually have a clip of one of his most famous appearances. Okay. Now we're going to cut to you right now. Of course, Hillary put up a review of Assassin's Creed this week. The review has been somewhat controversial. Many a uh, fanboy had his poor little heart broken. So, uh, anyway, but now for an- another take, uh, for some insight, some commentary on Hillary's review is Rob the Robot. Uh, Rob, I know you've read Hillary's review. Uh, what do you think? Do you think his review is fair? All I know is that Jane Raymond is a beautiful human being and that this makes this game perfect. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows that when you play a stealth action game, it should always end with two hours of you just fighting guys out in the ocean. <laughs> 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 that's, that's what assassins do. Were you back in that time, Brad? I, w- I was not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm just afraid you're going to steal my wallet. I don't world. even know how to fly a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, come on now. That was before Jerusalem times. Obviously, you don't know the secrets about the Jewish people. <laughs> Here's my reading school for Assassin's Creed. Oh one one oh one oh one one oh one one oh. That's also my phone number, Jade Raymond. <laughs> this is why we don't invite you back. You're being a bad robot. <laughs> bad robot. <laughs> when you drink this much, you remind me of my father. <laughs> Rob the robot is your father. <laughs> oh, that isn't true. That's impossible. School. <laughs> you, Rob. God, I hate you, Dad. <laughs> you are the greatest disappointment of Rob's life. <laughs> you live in a box behind IGN. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Javi Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. You, you animated a whole bunch of those for yeah. us. You can find them on IGN, YouTube. We actually have another one that we'll show in okay. a few more minutes here. We're going to go to Twitter now. Remember, you can tweet your questions at me at Dame Zero. Uh, just like Nicholas Trammell did. Justin, Greg. Yeah. Only because I don't think Brian's oh. played yet. Is Hearthstone worth buying an iPad for? He asks. Ooh, Doctor. So Hearthstone's a free game. Yeah. Yeah. It's I worth five hundred dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say no, no, it's not. Like Hearthstone, it's a potential game of the year candidate for sure. It's the game I played the most over the last six months. It is not worth buying a five hundred dollar iPad for. I love Hearthstone. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's free to play on your PC, right? Mm-hmm. right. You yeah, your Mac, too. just play it on your. You have PC, some right? device. You're Surely running these you have for. some sort of computer 
in your possession that you can play this game on. We should let people know that iPads also do other things. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of important. It's always such a weird question, though, because no con- no game is worth buying, just that by itself, worth buying a console. Super Mario 64, N64, you're wrong. Super Mario World, <laughs> SNES. That's I bought an SNES, I played Super Mario World, d- unlocked everything, That's put the answer. SNES away. <laughs> never, played what? You never, never played another SNES. <laughs> it was after the you? fact. I had a Sega Genesis. <laughs> Gotta get Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> Might have heard of that. No, nope. you were not <laughs> doing that. You were told Jamie You were saying though that you think iPad's the best way to play Hearthstone. Uh, yeah, it's my favorite way. I have heard the caveat is that uh, on an iPad 2, it's like a little bit slow, right? Some of the older ones. I use I, an iPad 2. It's not terrible. Is it no, fine? It's, I haven't, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's playable, but sure, it's just yeah. a little okay. slower. Like I have an iPad Air, and I actually prefer playing that way instead of a PC. Um, everyone, I've heard a lot of people like, I don't know if I should download Hearthstone. Should I try it? Should I, like, just download it and try it. Like, the tutorial's super awesome. Like, it's fun, and, like, it ramps you into the game really slowly, and you'll know. You'll know by the end of, like, those five battles whether this is a game you're digging or not. So, don't be afraid. Here's my one thing about it, and I need you as experts to tell me. We are. Is there ever going to be an offline mode? No. There's a single player. What do you mean offline? I have to be connected to the internet to play Hearthstone of any kind. You gotta be a total deal breaker for me. I play my mobile games on the train. Oh, on the train. Yeah. So that's like, okay. I come home and I want to do other things, play something yeah. on the screen. This actually is a scoop because I talked to Blizzard. They, they had an event for the mm-hmm. iPad version. And I said, is there going to be an offline mode? And they said, no. Because wow. you got to be connected to Battle.net. I see. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, then. You can buy my iPad pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> the flip side is, it is eventually coming to iPhone and Android. Uh-huh. And then, oh, so then, then you'll be LTE, on a cell. The LTE network. network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Verizon that's what 4G. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Trammell, we are going to send you one of these limited edition laser cells of Watch Dogs and a copy of Watch Dogs the Game and a Watch Dogs t-shirt. Woo! Are we tossing in a Toasty sticker too? Yeah, we'll, we'll send them the GameStop sticker. The package too. is already going out. We might as well give it to them. I know. <laughs> uh, we need to make note of this. I, do, I, I don't have a way to make note of this winner. So somebody needs Eric to Martin's it. on it. Okay, <laughs> Eric Martin, hopefully. Nicholas. Eric Martin, shout out. You on it? I'm on it. Yeah, he is. He's on it. Everybody follow Eric on Twitter. It's like e e e e. There's an R in there. Great name, like Eric. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, we're lucky to have one of our super fans here in the studio with us today. This is Big Tony Style. Big Tony Style. <laughs> if you uh, if you comment on IGN articles and videos, you may see his screen name down there. He's a very yeah, frequent definitely. commenter. Definitely. Um, well, congratulations and and thanks for the absurd amount of content you guys put out just from Game Scoop to everything. So. My question, sort of going back to gaming growing up, we have uh, new generations of gamers, you know, all the time, uh, young kids, that their first introduction to games is just iPhone or whatever. What is it about um, your experiences growing up that you think gamers nowadays will, will never get to experience that you absolutely loved? I, I mean, like, it sounds hmm. stupid, right? But it would be like... <laughs> Narrative advancement, right? Like when you play Legend of Zelda and it's 8-bit and you're getting this and you're just getting little dialogue, you're putting so much more into, I think, what the character is and what they sound like and where you're what they are. Like the limitations of those games, I think, now that they aren't there, you like people expect things to be voice acted, right? It was a big deal with the last Zelda game that people were like, well, was, uh, and I know this is probably for every Zelda game. Yeah, yeah. Like, why well, is there a voice actor? And yeah, it's like that's not what this game is. Yeah, the, uh, the the tech, that's a gr- the technical limitations thing is a great answer. I mean, it's the reason Super Mario has a mustache, right? It's because they tried to make him with a nose and a mouth, and they're like, oh, I can't fit a mouth. Yeah, give him a mustache, and he's got a mustache now. Like decades later, it's really crazy, and you don't have to really work in those limitations anymore. And I think that uh, confining an artist in limitations like that. Uh, makes them do sure. more creative things. Sure. Uh, if you look at the music, obviously, we were talking about earlier. I mean, they just had that tiny little chipset, and they're like, well, i got to make a whole soundtrack with these beeps and boops, and I'm going to do it. And, and it sounded amazing. And it yeah, sounded amazing. I mean, you figure, like, when I played Ghostbusters on the Sega Master System, the definitive <laughs> Sega console, um, I'm lost in that experience, and I'm, 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 it's like I'm watching the Ghostbusters movie, and then the Ghostbusters game comes out on PS3, and it's like, well, the textures on this wall aren't that great. And yeah. It's totally pulled me out of the experience. Like, there's... You once you get a taste of how great things can be, it's hard to go back. Right, right. I think like you put that cart into the game, and then that's your experience. Like you're focused on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why this is my specific memory. I was a Genesis kid growing up too, and I had yeah, like you vec- gotta get Genesis. I had a ve- I had Vector Man too. <laughs> oh, Vector Man too. <laughs> and like that game's not 
Great. No. Like, that's my. <laughs> like you put the card in and like now, but you said you have a niece or nephew, I think it is, that's flipping through iPad games every five seconds. Yes. Like he's doing one he thing and one no game. patience. He'll yeah. like, he can't just, play Angry Birds uh, for like 30 seconds. And he's like, I want to download a new game. Like, yeah. That's what's going to like drive me crazy when I have kids. Yeah. It's like, just play the one. <laughs> Just play the game. Play the game and play it. Exactly. Like, I don't think... Dave's girlfriend's in the audience. Get out. <laughs> Do you think... So I'm having a kid soon. And my plan... Thank you. Yeah, that's so, David, just announcing it here. Feel free to do that to his, to his kid. Yeah, <laughs> you can't babysit anymore. It's scary. <laughs> uh, I think I want to start around the NES. Yeah, like that's important, right? Like, do you guys ever have any of you three given this? I've thought? talked about I've talked about this extensively before, and I agree with you. But it's also like taking a kid to school on a horse. <laughs> And being like, one day you'll appreciate cars. She has to have an appreciation of the classics. No, she doesn't have to. She does. It's important to me. <laughs> that's selfish. That's different than she yeah. has to. That's that you have to. I just feel like I'd be so disappointed if, like, we you know start her on the PS4 or whatever. She's playing Lego or you know other mm-hmm. games that are appropriate for kids. And then I say, you know, this is Daddy's favorite game, and she's like, this is dumb and weird, and I don't like it. And then I'd be mad. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's re- that's like if I was watching Indiana Jones. When when I was a kid, and my dad grabbed yeah. me and hit me in the back of the head, and he's like, "You're gonna watch silent films." For <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. fair. It's not fair. Okay. You make a good point there. Okay. Plus, do you have but, like an NES ready to go? Uh, we own one. I mean, it's, no, it's not ready to go. <laughs> we, have, we have a little ways to go before that. When your daughter gets sick, are you gonna give her leeches? <laughs> <laughs> but you don't think. When you have kids, are you gonna show her? The, I'm, I'm totally. Like, I totally. Are you gonna show her the new Star Wars movies yeah, like, or episode like, four, five, no, six? No. So that's. Hold on. That's, oh, oh, oh. Plus, should you have a child, like what hip hop record do you play for them first? Yeah. Uh, how old's the child? <laughs> I'm just saying. You can be like. Exactly. You're gonna play something that's like Yo, awesome. Yeah, this is a Minaj. Happy second birthday. Here's Enter the Thirty Six Chambers by Wu Tang Clan. You don't get a lot of these drug selling references yet, but you will someday. <laughs> Hopefully not. I'm just enjoying the show. <laughs> Have we sufficiently answered your question? Okay. Yeah. I got a little. <laughs> I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, we have another uh, Twitter question here. This is from Jefferson Ferguson. Wants to know what food item found in a video game do you wish were real? That's really weird. Mario's mushroom or skooma or Nuka Cola. I always wanted the street pizza from Ninja Turtle games. Damn it! I was gonna say that. Or I was gonna say like those turkey. The pizza legs always from looks so good. Yeah. You got the whole pie on the street, and you, you walk by, you eat it. Yeah. Eat the whole pie yourself. Your friends yeah. can't have any. They're all mad and they die. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. You also walk over it to eat it. Yeah, that's strange. Your foot, your foot touches it, and it's in your. You're it's a, weird. a mutant turtle. And he has eight bit food is weird. There's the wall like turkey in Castlevania. Yep, yep. That's kind I of a weird we thing. Time. I'm being told we don't have enough time to roll the last clip, but I think we can just roll. Like we we, we go a little bit over noon. Is anybody? Having I really like, hope we don't run into the next IGN piece of live programming <laughs> yeah. schedule. Yeah, I mean it's just not. It's not like Mad Men's on yeah. after this or something. <laughs> <laughs> we can run a few minutes cops. over here, right? Yeah. Chocobo. You want to eat chocobo? Yeah. yeah. That's I like not a food. I like chicken wings. It's not food. It's not food. You cook it and you eat it. It's, it's an animal. Food. Bam! All right. <laughs> Animals yeah, are food. Eat. <laughs> Team fat. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, I don't want to eat those uh, toilet pineapples from Bioshock. Infinite. Yeah, no, not at all. Right, or the, cor- hey, when you're yeah, the corpse potatoes. <laughs> when you have only $300 in your inventory and they're selling hot dogs on the beach, I'll go for the, for the toilet. Pineapple every time. I, I always thought it was weird in Final Fight where the mayor's walking around without a shirt and he's eating street food. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's a man of the people. That's I'm how I got elected. This car. I'm Mike Hager and I'm just like you. <laughs> I hate shirts and I love free food. Eric, let's take note of this. Jefferson Ferguson is winning uh, one, a, a copy of the limited edition Laser Cell and a copy of Watch Dogs and a Watch Dogs t-shirt. We still have one more cell, one more copy of the game, and a PlayStation 4, and a limited edition copy of Watch Dogs. But first, we're gonna roll our last clip. Uh, this is another uh, Javi Rodriguez animated clip. Joint, we call him. Here we go. Yeah. 
This is the same BS. I feel so much better now. Playing six days in Fallujah, <laughs> my most anticipated game of 2008. Still waiting. It's supposed to be 2009. Wasn't it? I don't care. Uh, there was some controversy about the Taliban in Medal of Honor. Controversy is how I would controversy. Refer to you. Controversy. Yeah. Uh, Electronic Arts apparently caved to the controversy. The what? The controversy. Oh. So all they did is just change the name of uh, of the multiplayer Which is team, dumb. and it only applies to the multiplayer game. In the single player, this you're still gonna be. There's still going to be the Taliban soldiers, but you play as U.S. forces, of course. And now that there's just an opposing force that's shooting people in the head, shooting <laughs> know, American soldiers it, that, in the face. When you put it that way, that sounds crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's not okay for the Taliban <laughs> to shoot American soldiers. It's okay for an opposing force. I'm going to play it just to, just so I can scream at people on the Taliban. <laughs> I'm the Taliban. Hey, I tricked you. I'm not really an opposing force at all. I'm the Taliban. Here comes my mech. It's <laughs> awesome technology. They do. I've only seen Iron Man. I'm basing it all. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, Greg. You got a funny idea in your head. Oh, I know. I know. I'm fine. Uh, Feel free to share with the class. All right. So they'd come up on the one Taliban guy. He'd be like, oh, I'm giving up. I'm sorry. And then he'd go, aha, I'm not an opposing force. I'm the Taliban. And you see those mountains behind me? Those are robot boobs. And this giant robot sits up and starts swiping at the <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get locked in here. You don't want to know what's going on. Like I've, I've always said, Greg just reaches into a black hole. Yeah. Whatever he pulls out, that's what he's making a joke about. No filter. No. Uh, this sort of question comes from Devlin. Devlin. He says, considering the positive reception of South Park and Octodad. Could you see dedicated comedy become a mainstream genre in gaming? Hmm. I think you'll definitely see it explored more, right? Yeah. I think yeah, that's I the big so. part. Like for years it hadn't been done well because I think people are trying to struggle to put comedy into a video game box that's what they know, right? Yeah, and when yeah. those walls fall down, you're like, just make a South Park story, we'll make the gameplay work. Or like Octodad's not trying to be funny in the sense of like, here's a zany one liner. It's like the concept is you are an octopus and you have been pretending for 20 years you're a person. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's slapstick, right? Yeah. Like if I took your glasses and I just waved them around the room for 10 minutes, like that's basically the game. It's ridiculous. Uh, that doesn't sound very good at all when you describe it like that. <laughs> Thank God for indie games. <laughs> um, yeah, well, so comedy's all about timing, right? And video games are about doing things in your own time. Right, and it's impossible. So yeah. it's, 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 very, it's very difficult to get that to gel perfectly. So with, the, uh, with South Park, I mean, there was dedicated comedy writers behind it, which I think helps immensely. Right. But uh, if the joke starts and then for 10 minutes I'm just standing there because I don't want to move my character, then the punchline's very late. So it's, it's finding that and getting that to mesh. And I'd love to see more of that happen. You we, will. We yeah. actually have a feature about this going up on IGN soon that I'm helping edit. And we interviewed the guy that made Octodad. And what's interesting about those two examples is that they're the exact opposite. Where like South Park takes a very traditional idea of comedy and totally makes it work in a video game. Like They worked really hard on it. It took years. It almost killed them. And it's awesome. It's hilarious. Whereas Octodad is like comedy that only makes sense in the context of video games. Like, yeah. It's players creating their own kind of emergent slapstick comedy through yeah. like like the way that he put it the Octodad creator put it was that like when you want your character to do something but he actually does something else sort of like a goat simulator sort of situation right. as well like that creates these comedic situations that were unintended like it's sort of like taking what used to be glitches and it would be really funny when a character did something dumb or silly but now building like layering comedy yeah, building and, a whole game yeah. out of it yeah it's really awesome to see that happen yeah Devil and Wins the limited edition laser cell print from Watch Dogs. This limited edition GameScoop Xbox One controller. Uh, <laughs> Evilcontrollers.com. Yeah. I think that's it. Yep, that's it. All right. <laughs> Our last question today comes from His Name is JoJo. His Name is JoJo. His Name is JoJo. Yes. How do we do that? <laughs> What's that his name? To? JoJo. That was like, right at the end. JoJo? <laughs> yes, how did GameScoop come about, and did you think it would ever be this big of a series. Uh, when, before I worked at IGN, I listened to a bunch of gaming podcasts from 1UP, and I tried listening to the GameSpot one. No offense, it was, it, I just couldn't get it. None of those people still work there. <laughs> yes. No offense is taken. No one's offended. But I really like liked... Us, we didn't like your review of some PS1. Greg Kasavin's yeah. so upset right now somewhere. <laughs> but IGN was my favorite gaming site, and they, just, they did podcasts... Sporadically, it was just like every AFK. once in IGN a while. IGN was AFK, wasn't that happening too? No, that, that wasn't we even started that, that after. Okay, okay. Yeah, they just had they didn't have a regular podcast series, so 
When I was hired, I wanted to start a regular podcast. I, I was hired as a news and features editor, so it made sense to do a news podcast. Um, yeah, I, pretty quickly on, I don't know, I started realizing that we started like getting, growing this fan base, and I started like uh, hearing from fans like you know, on the regular, like Matt Jones. Like Matt he, Jones? Like, he was there from like the beginning, yeah, Overlord of the Superfans. Well, it's like way before Twitter, right? So you don't yeah. really know, like you have stats. Yeah, and so we like, we, we set up this email account, gamescoop at IGN.com, that people could email their questions in, and then like questions actually started coming in, and like that was like the only way I knew that anybody was listening to the yeah. show. So it's been, it's, it's been really cool. Actually, on a personal note, like creating and hosting Gamescoop has been the thing I am most proud of in my career. So thank you to everybody. <laughs> However, however you enjoy the show, if you still listen to the podcast, if you watch the videos on IGN or on YouTube, however, like really, thank you. It's awesome. Like you're the you're the reason why I get to keep doing this. So it's really great. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, and I'm sorry. uh, His name is Joji. Also wins the PlayStation Four. And. uh, He's going to get two of these GameScoop Toasty stickers, too, then. With his controller. And the limited edition of Watch Dogs, so. Uh, any other, any, any uh, notes before we sign off here today? This is great, and I'm incredibly proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the main thing for me is to thank you. That's you know exactly what I was going to say. It's uh, all three of you have been at IGN much longer than me, and I'm very honored and blessed. And this is, uh, we were... Someone asked me, if, you, if money didn't matter, you could do whatever you wanted and get paid for it, what would you do? And it would yeah. probably be this. It's awesome. Yeah. It is. It's, yeah. I feel very lucky to do what we do. For sure. Yeah. It's awesome. I feel very lucky that we can, like, like we're, just, like, we're like friends just talking about video games, and you guys want to, like, come and, like, hang out with us. That's all. That, like, blows my mind every single day. It's very, very cool. So thank you for joining us today. Give yourself a round of applause. Thank you for tuning in. GameSoup, uh... 300 episodes in, we'll uh, we'll see where it goes from here. It's uh, very exciting. If you like uh, the live format, let me know. Like that's kind of that's on the table. Maybe we could, maybe Gamescoop could just be a live show every week. I don't know. Maybe every day. <laughs> don't say that. Maybe all Do day. Mike Aransky's putting the gun in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> do it. Do it. Jesus. No, no, no. Not, not the murder. He means do the show every day. I That's think. not what you do with suicidal people. <laughs> I meant the show, man. The show, the show. Okay, the show, yeah. Michael Rancy is a family provide for. <laughs> so, thank you, Justin. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Brian. Thank you to all of you joining us here today. Thank you for all of you tuning in. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.